Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I've been trying to think of the word that I would use to describe just, I guess, the general attitude of Red Sox people. Not so much the players, but certainly everybody else associated with the team as you walk around fields and you talk to people. And the word I keep coming to is embarrassed. I think that there are people in this organization who are genuinely embarrassed by the way the offseason unfolded, by the product that they're going to be putting on the field this year, by the fact that we go into a season kind of knowing that they're going to finish last. And it's caused me to reconsider Craig Breslow's, you know, refusal to say that they were a playoff team. It's like, I think he was being honest because he knows he would be lying to everyone in his front office if he said anything otherwise. So I just look at it, I think people are, are, are legitimately embarrassed. My sense for a while now has been that if you left this up to Sam Kennedy and Tom Werner, the Red Sox would have done more this winter. John Henry, however, is the principal owner of this team for a reason. To me, this is all coming down on him. And we talk about reconsidering things. Heimblum's uh, tenure here obviously wasn't great, and I can understand why they let him go. However, when Craig Breslow comes in and the exact same thing happens, you have to say, maybe it's not about the guy in that chair, but the guy who sits above him. That's John Henry. I think this is all 100% on the owner of the Red Sox. And until he changes his mind about what he wants this team to look like, it's just going to be more of this. And I, Trenny, I don't know how many years this could be. I'm, I'm not kidding with you. It's certainly going to be this year. I don't know when it's going to look better. You're listening to Meter and the Coach. Call the show at 401-737-1287. 1037-WEEI, Southern New England Sports Original. Other than that, how's spring training going? John Tomasi, NBC Sports Boston. Some uh, chilling words about John Henry and the, using the word embarrassed to describe some Red Sox uh, executives of what went on this offseason. It continues to happen, which our guest Sean McAdams is going to dive into with us. And it's just such a littered trail of 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 ineptitude. It's it's talk about when you talk about Robert Kraft not spending. Suddenly John Henry is just Locked down, won't do it, not going there. Guys out there, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, still there, still there. You need a right-handed bat? Oh, by the way, Boston Red Sox, no one's walking through that door. You're just going with what you got, which could add up to 74 and 88 or 72 and 90. Uh, Vegas says 79. I say take the under. 
401-777-1037. He's Tim Welsh. I'm John Mita Perel, Mita and the Coach. Good morning, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed your weekend. Thanks for waking up with us. And let's go to the phone lines. From beautiful Fort Myers, Sean. Sean McAdam of Mass Live. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was there, Joe. But he will be. Oh, I, I, I thought that could have been you, not John Tomasi. Firing from the hip. That's your type of fire on the Red Sox. Early February, huh? February 18th. A lot to look forward to. Well, oh he, I, he was channeling you as well because you've been saying in the offseason that you don't trust John Henry and where, what he's doing. And you, you're always you're befuddled by management and Heim Bloom and now Craig Breslow. It, again, Tim, I say it all the time to you. If we can see it, if we can give them solutions, why can't they do it? All I can tell you is that uh, I think somebody up above that I was born a Yankee fan. Because if that was my team, I, I just I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Knowing what you know, knowing what you know, being a big market team. You know, I mean, listen, you're a Royals fan, you're a Royals fan. And you're a Tigers fan. I have friends that live in Michigan. I have a lot of good friends that I got, would go on golf trips with every year. They're just not. They're diehard Tigers fans. Diehard. Can you imagine that? But it is what it is. You know, they, they just enjoy the season and they understand who they are. But if you're a Red Sox fan, come on. You know, Sean can get into it. I mean, it's just it's just pathetic the way they've been operating the last few years. But It is. And we're going to head to lovely Fort Myers. No doubt it's 83 degrees. And Sean McAdam is gearing up for another day of spring training of MassLive.com. Good morning, Sean. We just played... Uh, John Tomasi's clip from NBC Sports Boston about some embarrassed ranks in the Red Sox front office. Do you think the Red Sox, uh, some Red Sox executives are embarrassed about what went on this offseason? Well, I, uh, morning, guys. I'm, I don't know about embarrassed. Certainly frustrated uh, would be easy to imagine, uh, particularly when the bar got set fairly high by Chairman Tom Warner himself and talk of uh, full throttle and all sorts of aggressive plans that never materialized. So the fact that they did as little as they did and didn't do a whole lot to close the talent gap uh, that very much exists in the American League East, I'm sure is at the very least frustrating. Yeah, no question about that, Sean. You've been there for almost a week now. What are your takeaways from uh, spring training thus far and specifically Alex Cora's press conferences, uh, day one, he made some uh, interesting statements as well. Yeah, I was kind of, um, I don't know about shocked, but certainly very surprised when someone kind of offered him a layup and said, well, I assume you want to be back here next year managing in relation to his lame duck status and entering the final year of his contract. And, he very matter-of-factly said, I don't want to talk about that right now, which I found uh, pretty interesting. You know, even if you're, if you, even if you want to preserve a little bit of leverage and not commit fully to coming back and sort of getting the hint out there to team management that you might have other options at the end of the year, to me, that's one that you answer with, well, all things being equal, yes, I I'd love to get something done 
here to stay with the Red Sox. They're the team I've managed for the last five or six years, and instead he kind of shut it down very quickly, which I, I thought was uh, interesting and, and frankly, uh, a bit of a mistake on his part. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of drew a line in the sand very early where I don't think one had to be drawn. Yeah, Sean, I mean, from my perspective, when I heard that press conference, I thought it was borderline pathetic. Uh, you know, not only that statement, but just the the, the kind of, uh, you know, the openness. Listen, everybody understands you go up, losing is hard, you know, any coach in any sport. But, you know, you think about the opportunity that the Red Sox gave him after what happened originally, and he was let go, then he came back. Just to kind of talk about the pressures of the media and the day to day, and uh, you know how it, it was, it's how it's so hard. I mean, you, you got to give me a break there. I mean, can you imagine all the life for baseball guys that haven't had the opportunity to manage a team listening to that? I mean, I, to me, I thought that listen, if that's the way it it is, that's the way it is everywhere. You know, you, uh, Aaron Boone. You don't think he goes through that? I mean, Buck Showalter. Every manager in the game losing is tough, and but the, the, to lay it all out on the table, like woe is me. I thought, I thought that was a low, low moment for Alex Cora. Yeah, that that been um, laying it on a little heavy. I guess uh, I, I hadn't really thought of it from that standpoint, Tim. But now that you pointed out, I I certainly see your point. And look, I do think that given the res- the responsibilities that go with the job that managing in Boston is different than in a lot of places. It it isn't the same as it is in, say, Pittsburgh or Kansas City or Milwaukee or some small market teams. Um, There there is more pressure. There are greater expectations. There are more responsibilities. But you'll notice that the manager in Boston or New York or L.A. or Chicago tends to, not unlike the players on the payroll, in markets like that, reflecting that it is kind of uh, a, a different animal than managing in a small market uh, city. So um, I, I think he got a little carried away talking about how the year beat him up physically and mentally and how he came in feeling much better. But he, he did paint a pretty bleak picture of what it was like for him last year. And uh, it, it, it did have a little bit of woe is me to it that perhaps um, not everybody needed to hear at that point. Yeah, and I, I agree. You know, thinking back, and you know obviously a million times more about this than I do, but uh, he didn't get much of the blame last year. I thought he avoided – everybody pointed the gun at Bloom, and he paid for it with his job. And I, I thought everyone gave Alex Pecora a pass pretty much saying he didn't have the talent. But I know as a coach, too, you put it on yourself, and it's hard It's hard to take. But go, moving forward, though, it, the peop, the narrative out there still is there's a lot of talent to, to be had still that's available, unbelievably, at, on February 18th. Do you think the Red Sox will make any you – know, it doesn't even have to be big moves, medium-sized moves with some of these free agents that are still out there? I, I could see them still going and getting uh... – kind of a right-handed hitting outfielder. Uh, maybe that means the return of Adam Duvall, who remains out there and could provide a little bump from the right side and give them another option to mix in to 
the DH role, play some outfield, maybe even play some first base, which Duvall did early in his career. But if you're asking, are they in on Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, then I would say, no, they're not. Uh, you know, I, I know that the word is out that they continue to monitor the Montgomery market in particular. Uh, that's a guy that has made so much sense for, for them since the end of the year between the needs they have and uh, Montgomery's ties to Boston because of his wife serving a medical residency residency there for the next couple of years, it would seem like that would line up nicely for everyone involved. But the Red Sox, because we are in mid-February and they have not uh, been very aggressive in that way, don't uh, obviously don't see that as part of their budget plan. Sean McAdam from Mass Live is our guest. I loved your tweet, Sean, yesterday. Teams with designs on contending don't make trades like the Red Sox made today, you wrote. Dealing affordable bullpen help like John Schreiber for a starting pitching prospect who was at least two years away. That's David Senlin from Kansas City. Uh, can you wrap your arms around that anymore now that you've had uh, time to sleep on it? Yeah. You know, I, I I think it got misconstrued, and I was saying it was a bad trade. It actually wasn't. I, I think it's the kind of trade that makes sense for who they are and where they are right now. My problem yeah. is this, is that you continue to have people in the organization, be it uh, Team President Sam Kennedy or Tom Warner or other voices, saying that, oh, no, we we're going to contend We're we're going to be in it. You know, we need some things to go well. We need good health. We need this to happen, but they consider themselves uh, or, or put the message out that they're, they have designs on being a playoff team and going for it and trying to get back to October for the first time since 21 and only the second time since 2018. And then they make moves like the one they did yesterday, which just, says that not everybody is on the same page in terms of forward facing to the fans and the message that gets sent out. If, if they were being a little more direct and honest saying, look, our focus is on continuing to build. Um, we think we're going to be better this year, but we don't know that we're a playoff team. And so we have to ask, uh, how can we make ourselves that playoff team in 25 or going forward, and it's by making deals like this, where you turn a guy who you claimed on waivers three years ago this weekend and turn him into a pretty good starting pitching uh, prospect that could deliver for you down the road. But when you package those two things together, where you say, oh, no, we're trying and we're spending and we're committed to winning, and then you make moves that run counter to that, then I think you have to be called out on it. I, as I said, I think it's actually, you know, if if David Sandlin is as good as some people I spoke to yesterday um, <clears throat> turns out to be, then, you know, this is a move you make a thousand times over. You, you take an inexpensive sixth or seventh inning guy that you can probably replace on the roster now and spin that into – a guy that might be a number three or number four starter in a couple of years. Those are the kind of moves they should make. So 
but they need to get on the same page with everyone in the organization and be square about what the goal is. And will that improve with the uh, Theo Epstein acquisition you wrote about a couple of weeks ago about a collaborative effort as Theo won't be heavily involved with baseball, but do you think a messaging uh, situation via Theo will help improve the cause? Well, I, I think what Theo brings is kind of institutional memory and a uh, an, an understanding of what it takes to work with ownership and to get their backing when you need it. And I think as a first-year executive, Greg Breslow, though he may be capable and may turn out to be a very good chief of baseball operations, um, he doesn't have that cachet necessarily to go to John Henry and say, look, I know you set the budget at X, but there's a guy out there that can really make the difference for us. And, um, you know, I, I think we need to uh, spend some money that perhaps we hadn't expected to because we're at the spot in our uh, in, in our uh, getting ready to contend. And this is the move to put us over the top. Um, I think that's where Theo becomes invaluable because he knows how to work with ownership here. Uh, he did so with some great success over the span of, you know, seven or eight years earlier in this century. Um, and I think that having him as a resource uh, will prove highly valuable uh, for Breslow. I, I don't think he's going to be telling him, hey, let's see if we can make this trade and what about making this signing. Right. But when it comes to the picture stuff, then I think he can guide Breslow a little bit, um, let him know what it is that ownership needs to hear from him when he needs more, and uh, just hold his hand a little bit for the first year or two until Breslow gets the lay of the land and maybe gets a little more cachet with ownership for, for his, uh, you know, so that he can make his own case down the road. Sean, has anything popped before we let you go? Is any player, I know it's early, obviously, and you're watching batting practice and watching bullpen sessions, uh, but has anything stood out to you on the field about, you know what, maybe this guy has a chance or maybe people aren't talking about this guy enough? Anybody? Yeah, I would say maybe that applies to Sedan Rafaela guys, uh, who, you know, Cora, a little surprisingly, said during the week that, uh, if, if he can, if he shows us he can hit enough, and he shows us that he's made some strides offensively, then he yep. could be the, <clears throat> excuse me, the starting center fielder on opening day. And to me, Raffaella is a guy who offers some excitement and some energy that this team could very, uh, could could very much use. You know, it, it's not the most exciting roster. It, it's not star packed. <laughs> You have Raphael Devers and, you know, and, and some other guys who are trying to make their way here as big leaguers. But Raffaella has such impressive tools. He's got plus-plus speed. He's a terrific defender both in the outfield and the middle of the infield. Um, and if he figures it out in the next month or so and shows them that he can hit enough to warrant being here, then I think the prospect of watching him play 
and develop and make an impact uh, could liven up the summer a little bit, and they could use that. Yeah, that's a great point. No question. I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you 100%. Sean McCann, great stuff as always. We appreciate you uh, getting up, and uh, I know you got stuff to do in Fort Myers today. We'll be reading it on MassLive.com. Thanks so much, Sean. My pleasure, guys. Always happy to be on with you. You got it. Appreciate it. Sean McAdam, one of the best. And he'll be following the Red Sox all year on MassLive.com. He's Tim Welsh. I'm John Mita Perel. This is Meter and the Coach. 401-777-1037. You can join the conversation. Anything's on the table. Freeform Sunday on Sports Radio WEI 103.7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.